a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike, episode 117 of this program. I want to turn my attention to something which happened just as you and I were saying goodbye yesterday. And it was something that took place in the Oval Office in Washington, D.C., at the desk of the president, as President Donald Trump signed an executive order. Yesterday, all I had were leaked copies of this executive order. I didn't want to get too bogged down in speculation and such like that. But today, as you and I sit down here to chat, I, in front of me, have the executive order signed by the president issued May 28, 2020, on preventing online censorship. Preventing online censorship. We're going to walk through this in in just a moment, but I want you to hear what the president had to say, again, from the Oval Office yesterday as he was signing this executive order. My executive order calls for new regulations under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act to make it that social media companies that engage in censoring or any political conduct will not be able to keep their liability shield. That's a big deal. So this liability shield, that's the phrase applied to it by President Trump, refers specifically to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. I'm going to go in depth in just a moment into the history of that section, but first I want you to hear from Attorney General William Barr, who was also in the Oval Office yesterday discussing support, oddly enough, from both Democrats and Republicans regarding this Section 230. One of the things that I found has the broadest bipartisan support these days is the feeling that this provision, Section 230, has been stretched way beyond its original intention, and people feel that on both sides of the aisle. He goes on to further explain the stretching he described and what Section 230 has grown into. Now it's been completely stretched to allow what have become really uh, bohemoths who control a lot of the flow of information in our society uh, to engage in censorship of that information. Uh, and to act as uh, editors and, and publishers uh, of the material. Now, I may have gotten ahead of myself here. The story that all this stems from is a pair of tweets put out by the president. He was talking about uh, mail-in balloting, that's voting through the mail, and Twitter decided, the bigwigs at Twitter decided, that there may have been some information contained within those tweets put out by the president which was misleading. And so they, Twitter, put on the president's tweet a disclaimer of sorts, saying that uh, if you'd like to learn more, uh, please click here because the information above may not be 100%. That's paraphrasing. That's not exactly what was uh, stated by Twitter. But it essentially was a disclaimer, and it was a hyperlink, an active hyperlink to uh, what they deemed to be supplemental and more accurate information. So that's backstory. That led then the president to sign this executive order, which curtails Section 230, uh, which, as the Attorney General of the United States explained, to be something that has stretched far beyond the original intent. Now, what was the original intent? What was the original intent. This is a piece of law that was signed 
1996, the New York Times points out that in 1996, when this law uh, came to be, that Google didn't even exist, and Mark Zuckerberg was 11 years old. You got that? <laughs> so the, the law being applied to these behemoth companies of today is something that was put into place before some of the companies affected even existed. Now, I say that not to make an argument in one uh, way or the other, because I have uh, mixed feelings on uh, the authority of the president to do something like this, the authority uh, of any branch of government to uh, curtail what is able to be done by a private company, one like Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or Google. Uh, I, I think that there should be a separation there. And I am okay uh, with the attitude of Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg, as you have heard him explain his position on this issue, and it is essentially to sit back and to allow you and I, as users of this social media platform, to be the ones responsible for the information, to decide for ourselves whether or not what we are viewing on social media is true. And whether or not we should involve it in our decision-making, in our forming of opinions and such like that. But back to the history of 230. Have you seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street? Of course not. It's, it's rude and crude. No, no, no. But, uh, but you're, you're like Brat Nephew. He's seen it. He's told you about it. In the movie Wolf of Wall Street, there is a brokerage firm portrayed. It's called Stratton Oakmont. It's led and founded by a man named Jordan Belfort. In that movie, Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort is portrayed by Leonardo DiCaprio. In the early 90s, there was uh, an internet service provider called Prodigy Services. They may exist today in some iteration, but they were certainly around in the 90s, and Stratton Oakmont sued Prodigy Services because... On Prodigy Services, there was the ability for anonymous users to post messages on message boards. And there was a post put up on a message board hosted by Prodigy Services, which alleged that the brokerage, Stratton Oakmont, was engaging in criminal and fraudulent acts. The New York Supreme Court ruled that Prodigy was a publisher and therefore liable because they had exercised editorial control by moderating some of the posts and establishing guidelines for uh, impermissible content. So for that reason, this Section 230, the amendment, was folded into the Communications Decency Act. It was an attempt to regulate uh, indecent material. And it went through without much opposition or debate. There were challenges to that. In fact, the Supreme Court took it up, that there were violations of First Amendment rights, but it left 230 in place. And since becoming law, the courts have repeatedly sided with the Internet companies, uh, invoking the broad interpretation of the immunities afforded by Section 230. So that's the backstory. It's fascinating. It marks the dawn of a new chapter in uh, social media history. And we will see how this executive order stands up in court. It will certainly be challenged, and we will bring you the details as they unfold here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Coming up next, we're going to be talking uh, about uh, a reason for great sadness, and it is the reason that you and I are together today mourning. We are mourning the loss, of course, of a police officer from the Ogden Police Department, Officer 
Nate Lyday. We'll look back on his life and service next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.